0: and Sherwin Williams.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. If you don't know me, I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host here of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to cover a little bit about time management. Some tips, some systems that you can put in place to maximize your efficiency, your productivity in the 24 hours that you have. Uh, you know, this is one area that we see a lot of clients struggle with, and a lot of people, you know, talking about. And this is everybody in general, not just in the painting industry. Um, that you know, we always say like, oh, if we could just have more time, right? Like, I'm maxed out, I'm swamped. Like, how do I do this, right? Uh, and I always argue that with people, and I have to argue this with myself sometimes because Elon Musk only has 24 hours in a day uh, now he's on company I don't even no, number three that everybody knows at least right dealing with Twitter uh, And you know everybody else in the world that is uber successful only has the same amount of time that we have right 168 hours a week so how do you maximize that how do you think through what's important what are some systems that you can put in place And really, I think for a lot of people, it just things slip through the cracks because there's no organization, right? And so I really feel like organization and time management kind of go hand in hand here. And so we're going to talk through that a little bit today. What are some things that you can think through? What are some things you can do in your business systems and just day-to-day stuff that can help you become more effective and more productivity in this 24 hours a day that you have 168 hours a week. And so um, bear with me a little bit. I'm dealing with like week number three of this cold. Apparently, when you have a one year old at home that sneezes in your face all the time, you just accept that you're going to be sick for like forever. So I feel great. I just don't sound great. So bear with me a little bit. I might cough. Uh, so I apologize about that. Uh, eventually, I don't know, maybe it's going to get sunny and, and be like 80 degrees here in St. Louis and we'll kill all these germs that are going around. But apparently today is not that day. So um, anyways, I hope this topic helps. It's one we've been wanting to do for a while. when one that's been coming up a lot in conversations with people here is we're running into the busy season for most of you guys listening to this here in the painting industry. And so I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. So I think one thing that I would start out this conversation all about time management and productivity and and just being efficient, uh, making sure nothing slips through the cracks. One thing that I would always throw out there is making sure that you're being proactive when you look at your schedule versus being reactive. This is a mistake I see a lot of people make, that they're too reactive to their schedule. Now, I understand things are going to happen, right? There's going to be touch-ups. A, uh, an employee might call in sick. A client might you know, need to reschedule a project at the last minute. Like, there is entrepreneurs, it really is human beings. We have to be reactive to things outside of our control right? Uh, I guess you could argue touch-ups might be inside your control, but you you get where I'm going with this, right? Like outside of our circle of things that we can control and be proactive about. Um, That's inevitable. But I think if you can be proactive about a lot of things in your personal life, in your business, that will help From throwing your day off, I think a lot of people are just too reactive by nature and they don't be proactive about things that they have control over. And so they always feel like they're just drowning in stuff and that everybody else's problems become their own problems, right? Uh, And I argue that if you have a little bit more structure and if you're a little bit more forward thinking here, it's gonna help from things being too reactive. For example, Um, We are here for our clients. Anytime they call, they need us, you know, call, text, email. Uh, Again, nobody's abused it. One of you's came close. I won't say who it is, Um, but we we were good. We got through it. Right. Um, But I think that, you know, we understand that things are going to come up. I can't really plan for that in my day right? I don't know what days people are going to call or text or email us. I don't know, you know, what days that nobody needs anything, right? Like it's kind of out of my control and that's okay. That's the nature of our business. I accepted that a long time ago. But one thing that I've realized has helped is when we check in with our clients on the weeks that we don't meet, you know, on zoom or in person, that has helped kind of, you know, take care of some of those other things that come up, right? Because we're going to reach out, we're going to check in, we're going to see if they're making progress on their to-do list to kind of the accountability piece. And a lot of times that sparks the question. So I'll I'll take a couple hours of my schedule on Thursdays to do these check-ins, knowing that that's going to spark some questions and conversations. And I kind of plan for it a little bit, right? Again, it doesn't solidify it and that's okay because again that's what we're here for right that's that's what we're here to do is to help people and we understand that you know you can't plan for when a question is going to come up or you need something or you need our advice on something but just having some little things like that does knock out some of the little things uh you know that that we can control you know i think another thing be structured with your schedule i think this goes for your personal life and your business life and i know some of you guys right now listen to this are going chris Structure is like nowhere in my vocabulary. That's that's okay, right? But we can work on that. And I think if you live and die by your calendar, you try to get a little bit more intentional with the things you're doing. Again, being a little bit of proactive with things, I think it will help. <clears throat> For example, I think one of the best things you can do is treat your business kind of like an eight-hour workday, right? This was something that I really had to work through a lot. Um, and honestly, having, having Chase at home, uh, has been a huge help to that. I, I think with my wife having a, you know, kind of more traditional scheduled job, it kind of got me a little bit more in this mindset. Uh, and then now having him, I really am a little bit more focused in that. And what I mean by that is, you know, I try to start out my work day every day between eight and eight thirty, depending on if I'm dropping him off at daycare, or if my mom's at our house watching him. So between eight and eight thirty, my day starts. <clears throat> Typically I try to wrap up my day between four and four thirty. again, depending on what's going on with that. Um, Is this perfect? No. Are there days where I have meetings until 5 or 5.30? Yes. And I plan accordingly ahead of time. And so for me, treating my business more in that, you know, traditional work hours, 8, 8.30 to 4, 4.30 thing has been a huge blessing for me, not just in the work-life balance, but I think, you know, just in the sense of this is my time to work, and one thing for me is I realized that there was a lot of things I was doing, like, for our personal lives that I would do during the day, right? Whether it was running errands, whether it was doing things, and I will still do some of that. For me, that's that's what I've always loved about being my own boss and, and being a business owner. You have the flexibility. You have the freedom, right? Um, that my wife needed to, you know, return a couple of things and go to the UPS store, and I, it's five minutes from our office here. And I was like, hey, just I'll, I'll knock it out whenever I go grab some lunch on Monday. Like, <clears throat> you can still do that. But I realized that I was paying bills and I was doing all these other things and so I've really just focused and said no like when I'm here at work <clears throat> for the most part right again unless it's something super urgent priority I'm here at work and I'll do other stuff it in the evenings, right? Like I needed to get stuff together for our taxes. Um, during the day I got my business stuff together, made sure it was all done. But then at night was when I did all of our like personal stuff and got all that together. Right? So I'm just tried to be a little bit more structured with my schedule between what, what is personal time? What is business time look like? And for me, I, I will say, there's gonna be days that I leave work at two o'clock. For example, this week we're recording this. I said everybody in the world is sick around me right now. My parents are sick and not able to watch Chase here on Tuesdays and Thursday this week. Um, and so what am I doing? Well, um, his his godmother's watching him this morning until about one o'clock, which is great. I so appreciate you, Twyla. Uh, and then I'm gonna go pick him up and hang out with him the rest of the day. Like, and guess what? That's okay because then I might work a little bit at night. Uh, I did last night a little bit. And I'm probably going to tonight when he goes to bed. And that's kind of you know ebbing and flowing, right? Like I always say, if you borrow against your work day, like then it's okay to spend some time on evenings and weekends working, right? And kind of make up for it. Uh, And so again, I know sometimes entrepreneurship, trust me, there's times to grind. There's times when you're gonna have to work 60 hour weeks. I'm there sometimes too with you guys, right? There's some weeks I'm just like, I have to just put my nose down and grind this week. And that's okay. But I think having a little bit more structure with your schedule, you realize how much you can actually get done in 40 hours in a work week right like i think if you were really focused about this you didn't deceive yourself i don't get on social media during the day unless i'm doing something for my business like in 90 percent of the time when i eat lunch here in the office like i just keep working and i eat while i work like i don't know if that's healthy or not there's some, a therapist can probably give me some insight on that but it's what i do i don't get to see playing video games on my phone People will send me Instagram reels during the day. You know, buddy on on break at work, Um, one of my best friends he'll probably never hear this. I don't, I don't hate saying this. He's a union carpenter. Love him to death. But I always know every day when it's 1015, because that's their first like union mandated break of the day. And I always get an Instagram reel from him. It's hilarious. But like, I don't watch any of that until I'm laying in bed at night, or at least at home, like in the evening time, right? So being really structured and disciplined just in what you allow to creep into your workday and what you don't, I think that nugget in itself, if you don't take anything out of the rest of this episode, that nugget in itself, I think will be a game changer for you and your business. And I say that because I'm speaking from experience here. And again, I haven't perfected it, but these are just the things I'm working through that I've been like, wow, I actually have a lot more capacity by being structured and and only focusing on business stuff during the day as much as possible. Um, I'm a big fan of time blocking. I think blocking out your time, uh, and, and being again, proactive and thinking through these things is, is a great tool for you and, and any business owner. And I think in order to do that, you have to understand what are the big rocks in life, what are the medium rocks and what are the small rocks, right? There's an analogy of, of a guy and it's more of a visual thing. But if, if you start out, it's actually, it goes big, medium and small rocks. They also have sand and water and he has a picture and he says, if you fill up the, the picture of, uh, with water that there's no room for anything else, right? But if you fill up the pitcher first with the big rocks and then some of the smaller rocks or some of the medium rocks, you know, it kind of fills in the gaps, right? And then you have maybe smaller like pebble-like rocks and then it fills in those gaps. And then you put the sand in and then it fills in those gaps. And then you put the water in it Now you've gotten everything in there, right? And I think that analogy, you can Google it or YouTube it. um, I think that analogy is super powerful for our schedules, right? Because a lot of times we just fill up our schedule with whatever comes up, not thinking like, is this important? Is this urgent? Like, so you fill up your schedule with water and then you have no time for any of the important things for you, your business or your personal life. And so I think really having a good lens on what you look through when it comes to putting things in your calendar. Um, so for me, like big rocks are, you know, the things that I need to do for our business to keep moving it forward, right? This podcast is a huge piece of that, you know, putting out content and doing content creation. Like our podcast is a big rock for me. Um, our clients, like the clients we have in serving them, that's a big rock for me. Um, you know, client outreach and, and getting new clients. I would put that a little bit maybe in the medium rock, just depending on where we're at as, as far as growth and stuff, right? Um, you know, and, and then there's the smaller rocks, right? The things that are, you know, the networking and the little things that's like, ah, this is productive, but it's not that important, right? And then the sand and the water is, is like the very tasky things that just, Hey, this needs done sometime in the next month, um, you know, whatever that might be. And so I think just having a good lens between what's important and what's not. I had a conversation with one of our new clients this morning. We were talking about that. And I said, "When, when something comes up that you need to address, you need to understand what is the urgency and importance of this? And is it something that I need to throw my schedule off and deal with now? Or is it something that I can deal with next week? Um, and so again, perfect example. I had somebody reach out to me. They're like, Hey, I would love to connect with you, get to know you a little bit more. know, um, yeah, I think we might have some synergy between us. <clears throat> For me, that's great. But that's not something that I need to put in my calendar tomorrow. Like, so I scheduled it out like a week or two. Um, and then, you know, we'll address that and, and go through that then, right? Like it, for me, there's certain things. But then I had another client that called me and was like, hey, I need to fire somebody on my leadership team. Um, do you have 30 minutes to talk today? And I was like, 100%, I will make that happen, right? So, again, understanding that there's times to be flexible when things are urgent and important. And then there's times when it's, eh, well, I can really put that off and it's really not going to hurt anything, right? So, um, with that being said, we talked, you know, through... All right. And so, with that being said, we talk about time blocking. I think another great thing you can do for your business is blocking out times for estimating. Um, having set parameters in which you do your estimating. Some clients pick two to two and a half days a week and say, These are my estimating days. Um, these are my production days. These are the days I do this. Friday mornings I work on my business, whatever that is, right? Um, we have some clients that say, Hey, uh, you know, every morning from 8 to 12 is either production related, you know, getting stuff ready for jobs, meetings with people, whatever, uh, networking, any of that stuff. And then from 12 to 4 every day is estimating time, right? Some of it can depend. the radius in which you work you know area around you drive time that sort of stuff whatever makes sense for you Um, but definitely time block out and be structured with when you're available for estimates the only time i ever broke that rule was when I was within five minutes of a of an estimate, going to be there already, right? Whether it was doing touch ups for a client, whether it was doing a color consultation, whether you know it was another estimate, something like that. Um, if I was going to be in the area and I was like within five minutes, then I would kind of make an exception to that rule in my calendar, just because it typically would flow better. But for the most part, like we tried to structure our bidding on in certain times and parameters, right? I always say you should have control of the conversation, anyways, and not just hey, when do you want us to come? Like it should be like, hey, are Are you available next Tuesday? Um, Okay, great. What's your afternoon look like? Like keep control of that conversation when you're scheduling those things um, and and make sure it falls into into your time blocks. And if for some reason, you know, you say, hey, Tuesdays and Thursdays are my bid days and those happen to be the days that they work, right? Maybe they're, you know, part-time employee or something, then you can always make an exception. But I would say 90, 95% of your clients can fit into that mold in some way, shape or form. And so, you know, be strategic with your calendar time blocking only works if you look at your calendar and you stick with it, right? And I would argue that you should also be time blocking out time to work on your business. You know, I think this is something that, you know, working on your business is so important, as we've talked about so much on this podcast, that I think if you time block it out, and they always say treat, your working on your business like it's a million dollar client right like it's a million dollar paint job or for us a million dollar contract with a client right you should treat working on your business with that sort of importance like you're not going to you're not going to cancel that meeting right if if you got a client that's like hey i want to give you a million dollars to paint my house next week or you know 3 weeks from now whatever um you're not going to cancel that you're like yep i'll be there sure yep don't i'm not going to forget about you sir don't worry about that um that should be the same thing when you time block out your calendar to work on your business, right? You should treat it with that same level uh, of importance. Um, and so, uh, another big thing I see with a lot of painting companies is not thinking ahead when it comes to material orders. And what I mean by that is, you—I feel like one of the areas where where painters get uh, or painting business owners, I should say, get very clustered in their schedule and with their time and just their to do list and all this stuff is they don't think ahead about upcoming projects <clears throat> and they don't get colors ready. They don't get the materials ordered. They don't do all these things. And I think it really clusters up because then it creates like a problem at the last second, right? Because if you don't have paint, 90% of the time you can't start a job, right? Again, there's a little bit of prep work. You can do some stuff. Exterior maybe different than interior. A lot of scraping, sanding, caulking. I get that. <clears throat> but for the most part, like if you don't have paint, it's kind of hard for your painters to be productive, right? So that creates like, To me, that's an unnecessary um, emergency due to procrastination. I'll say that again. If you're scrambling to get materials for a job that you've had sold for more than a week, it was a self-inflicted emergency due to your procrastination. Sorry, I know that hurts a few of you, uh, but I'm willing to accept that because I want you to grow and be better and learn from this, right? If you start thinking ahead, so here was my rule. Whenever I had my company, I had a couple, a couple things that I lived by when it came to supplies and materials. Number one, all clients had as their color selections at least seven days ahead of time at minimum. I understand occasionally there's gonna be something come up where you go to an estimate today, you've got an opening in five days and you can get them in, fantastic. Then you say, hey, the only thing is we're gonna need the colors within the next 24 hours, right? Make sure you leave yourself 24, 48 hours at least to be ideal, Um, especially during peak seasons in case Sherwin Williams may be out of pain at your normal store. You got to go to a different store. You got to have them order it from a different store, whatever it is, right? Be strategic. Because again, I see that cluster up schedules too. Well, I got to go to three different stores to get the pain I need because I waited until the morning of to call in the pain to get it that day when I knew this job was coming up for 10 days. So, again, just things that we see on a regular basis here. So we told all of our customers at least seven days ahead of time, we need the paint. And honestly, I would order it five to seven days ahead of time <clears throat> um, just to get it off my plate. I always stayed forward thinking. I was looking at what jobs are coming. You know, we had on our, on our Google sheet, we had um, for each job coming up, like, did we have the color selected? Check, okay? Did we order the paint? Check, like we had a project management tool. Did we, you know, do our final scheduling call? Did we do all these things? We had this in our project management software, um, which was a Google sheet, right? Not some fancy, crazy software, just a Google sheet with checklist for every job that said, okay, this job's coming up and and we need to make sure we get these materials ordered. So that was a big thing, right? Um, A lot of places will deliver materials to your house, to your shop, whatever. Again, that'll save you a little bit of time. For me, I always called in paint ahead of time. Um, when Sherwin Williams came out with the Pro Plus app, that was like the best thing that ever happened. Right, I didn't have to call the store and bother them. I literally could just get on get on the app, place my order, pick it up the next day. Fantastic. Um, <clears throat> even if <clears throat> I was running out of paint on a job and needed to go get more paint, I would always call it in. Like I never walked into a Sherwin Williams store and said, I need X. Like, I if I did that, it was, hey, I need X, and I'll be back and get it in like two or three days because it's coming up down the road, right? It wasn't, hey, I need this, and I'm going to stand here and wait on it, right? Because what happens at 7.30 every morning in the paint store, there's five contractors there. Half of them didn't think ahead either. Now you're sitting there spending an hour hanging out at Sherwin-Williams, Thankfully, they have coffee and occasionally donuts at some stores to hang out and, you know, make somewhat productive use of your time, right? So always order paint ahead of time. Even if you're, you know, like, hey, I'm 15 minutes away. I'm going to leave here. Can you guys, if you have time, can you just at least get started on it or put it in your queue? right? And most of the times I'd walk in, I'd pick up the paint and I'd be out of there within like three minutes, right? Um, and so just be forward thinking about this. Find little things like that that you're wasting time in your day doing that's really just unnecessary. Um, I, again, on the needing more paint thing, right? I think it's great. Send your crew leader, send an employee there to go get it. <clears throat> you know, hey, I'll call it in. You you go pick it up here or pick it up at lunchtime, right? That kind of leads into a production conversation, how to make sure you don't, um, you know, handcuff yourself by needing a gallon of paint. You got three painters, waiting and they're sitting around waiting on you to get back um, but you know send somebody else to go do it you don't have to go get materials like I understand I understand what you're already thinking about that yeah but I don't want to pay them to just drive to Sherwin-Williams when I can go do it agreed but what is your time worth <clears throat> right I would arguably I would rather you take that 30 minutes and work on your business and pay them ten to fifteen dollars an hour, whatever thirty minutes of their time is worth, to, to go do that. Then do you leave, stop what you're doing, never work on your business just to run materials for quote free? Um, but it's not really free, right? Because it's it's a cost, it's an opportunity cost, right, to your business. Uh, and so there's a couple systems here that I want to wrap up this episode with, um, to talk through like what really worked for us, like what has helped. Again, I haven't mastered this. I think this is one of those things that's like leadership. You're never going to be perfect at it, but you can definitely be further ahead than where you were at one point with it. And so for me, one of the things is, uh, Darren Hardy calls it his Sunday night planning system. Every Sunday at some point, uh, either in the evening or sometimes during the day, I'll sit down for about 30 minutes and I'll just get my week ready. I'll look at my calendar, I'll, I'll see what needs addressed, I'll kind of make my to-do list. Um, I think that's another big thing I'll talk about here with having a productivity system is, you know, I, I make out a to-do list for every day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, I use Trello for it. Trello is a great project management software um, that I use that for some project-based things as well, but also I just use it as a to-do list because I can. you can set templates up in there for things that recur every week, um, which We have a lot of recurring tasks that we do for clients and certain things in in our schedules. Um, And so, you know, I just set it up like that and and we try to do it day by day so we don't set ourselves up for failure. So I sit down Sunday and just just have that to do list ready. That way, Monday morning, I get here to the office. I'm ready to hit the ground running. I don't have to like plan for the week and see what's going on. Right. Um, and so I think it just, if you can sit down for like even 15, 20 minutes on a, at some point on Sunday and just kind of get prepped for the week, be aware of what's going on. Um, my wife and I, we've kind of gotten away from this a little bit. We're trying to get back in the routine of it, but we would sit down and be like, okay, what do you need this week? What's going on? What's on your calendar? Okay, again, now that we've got Chase, it's, um, you know, hey, can you pick him up on Wednesday? Okay, hey, who's doing this? What's going on with this? Oh, hey, don't forget we got doctor appointment. Like, you know, it's just our time to kind of get a good grip on the week to where that way we hit Monday morning, like running, not Monday morning. Okay, now we got to figure the week out and, and tie up all these loose ends. So I think that helps if you can sit down and plan out your week a little bit. Um, again, time blocking your calendar, and when you identify, hey, I've got like two hours open here on Tuesday, um, again, I typically kind of am of the mindset that like, again, unless something's like super urgent, if somebody calls you Monday about an estimate, unless like you're trying to turn it around quickly, like they can wait till Thursday, they can wait till the following week, right? Right. Um, so, you know, if you've got two hours open on Tuesday, block it off to work on your business, to work on your SOPs, to work on, you know, your recruiting plan or your apprenticeship training program or whatever that might be. <clears throat> so block off your calendar and that Sunday night planning system, at least for, you know, any time blocks for those next day or two. Um, the last thing that I, I recommend having, in place is having some sort of a productivity system. Um, this could be a whole different episode in itself, and I know we've talked about this, you know, extensively before. But having a productivity system, you know, for me, it's my calendar, <clears throat> it's Trello, like I just mentioned, and it's reminder notifications. Those three things is pretty much what runs my life and my business. Um, everything goes in my calendar. Personal stuff, business stuff, everything goes in my calendar. Notifications when need be, right? Reminders, you know, three days beforehand. Hey, don't forget to follow up with somebody. <clears throat> um, you know, I would, if, if, if I went and did an estimate for somebody and, you know, we're talking and I'm like, hey, I'll follow up with you next Wednesday just to check in see if you have any questions over our bid, I would literally, before I left their driveway, put a reminder in my calendar for next Wednesday to, to call them and check in with them, right? And, and then it pops up on my phone in case I, f- I forget, right? In case it didn't make it on my to-do list that day. Um, for me, that's what I do. I take my calendar and then I just put it into my to-do list in Trello. Um, but notifications and reminders are huge. Right, so you don't miss appointments, so you don't forget these follow-ups, so you don't forget these things. And if you get really disciplined, where everything, what what I've loved personally about Trello, and I'm I don't get paid to promote this, I should probably, um, I'll I'll have scheduled that call later next week. But um, what I love about Trello is you can get to it from your computer, you can get to it from your phone, you can move things around like day to day. Um, It's super easy. And so if I'm out and somebody's like, Hey, can you email me this, or Hey, can you follow up with me, whatever, I'll go put it in Trello in my phone and then it's on my computer when I get to the office later, right? Um, I used to be a pen and paper kind of guy for my to-do list and I probably talked about that on some previous episodes a year ago. Uh, And I just switched to using Trello for it and I love it because now it's just everything's in one spot. I don't have to put the reminder in my phone and then transfer it to my paper to-do list. It just goes right on my phone whenever I need to do it. So I think just having a productivity system is great too because then for me I know Whenever I'm doing stuff, whenever I'm recording this podcast episode, whenever I'm with one of our clients, like anything that needs done is in either my calendar for weeks to come or it's on Trello on my to-do list this week. Like I'm almost a little OCD about it. And sometimes I think it can be a bad thing because the only time it fails me is if I forget to put it in my calendar. So as long as I've just trained myself to always put it in my calendar or on Trello, like it gets done. Um, but like I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about like, okay, what are the five things I have to do today before I leave the office after we finish this episode? Like it's on Trello. Like as soon as I'm done, I'll stop this. I'll send the recording over to PCA and then I'll start tacking my to-do list for the day, right? So I think just having that productivity system, it frees you mentally um, to where you can be present. And I think that's the other thing with time management is people feel, they feel, I'm putting that in air quotes for, for those of you guys listening to this on audio, air quotes, um, they feel like they're busy, but they're really not. They're just clouded in their head with all the stuff they need to do and that they're trying to juggle because they don't have a place to visually lay it all out, right? Does that make sense? So that's why I wanted to bring this productivity um, kind of system conversation into the, the the time management piece of it because I feel, I think, and even for me, I, it, when I get, get to those points where I'm like, man, I'm like at max capacity right now. I'll go through my calendar and I'll go through all of our clients and all of my responsibilities and I'll say, how many hours does this take me? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, this actually isn't that bad because I just need that visual representation because we get so inundated with all the things we have to do, all the things that we're burdening, everything that we put on our plate because some of us can't say no. I've said more no to more things in the last six months than I probably did the last six years of my life. And it's been amazing. And honestly, I don't know how I would survive if I wouldn't have said no to those things. Um, but we feel like we just take on so much that sometimes when you really break it down, when you see it visually laid out in front of you, it really helps a lot. So um, the last thing I want to just say on this real quick, and, and this will be a whole nother episode we're going to do about crew leaders, um coming up i don't know if it's going to come out next week or if we're going to do it later on down the road this summer Um, but when it comes to time management when it comes to things with you know i think a lot of people are just running around with equipment and materials and you know just all of these things focus on having crew leaders in your business that you can lean on that can help run production especially if you don't have a production manager which for most businesses doesn't make sense until you have you know you're getting in that 8 to 10 employee mark Um, if you have really good crew leaders, that's really going to help your time management. And so everything you do start focusing on who could lead a crew of two other painters or even one other painter, if you need to right? who could be that person? How can we start working down that path? Again, we're going to have more, more stuff coming out about that. We have a whole episode planned on that here in the near future. Um, and so stay tuned for that. Um, but start focusing on how can I build the right leaders in my company, even at on the job site level, they can take things off my plate like ordering more paint. Um, That even to the extent if you really utilize these crew leaders, I'm giving you guys some teasers here. If you really utilize these crew leaders, you could really have three crews, no full-time production manager unless you're wanting to grow beyond that. You could have three crews. Each of them handles their own schedules, their own material orders, their own everything, right? They own that job. The second that it gets sold, you turn it over to that crew leader and it goes on their calendar and it goes on their radar. Uh, and again, it's not for everybody. It's not for every crew leader, right? But you, if you really build it right and you find the right people and put the right people in the right seats, you can really get it to where your crew leaders help run production so much that you have three crews running and you have very little um, day-to-day interaction with production. Um, again, not easy to do. It's not going to work out for every single person, but that's the ideal spot we want you to think about. So as you're thinking through this, if you can start just working towards having good, solid crew leaders, there's plenty of levels to this, right? Like the first part of it is just take the the tasky, like mundane things off your list that you you know just clog up your calendar. Um, And then you can add a little bit more onto their plate, a little bit more onto their plate. And eventually they get to that point that I just said. So I hope this episode helps. I hope you've gotten some stuff out of it and you can take some nuggets away to implement, make your business better, make your personal life better. Uh, And as always, reach out to us. I'm happy to answer questions or talk through it more and hope you have a great rest of your day.
0: Paynet Podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners.